your hand if you love that song. <laughs> me too. That is You've Got a Friend in Me. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 127 of Exactly Enough Time. This is a podcast about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have to enjoy the people, places, and things important to you. Did you know? We can choose to be curious and playful, to live with intention, and to create connection. I am a life enthusiast and a storyteller. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. Hey friends, what's up? Thank you so much for listening. Guess where I am this week? Disneyland! Guess who I am with? My son, Chase. He is the biggest Star Wars nerd I know. So for Christmas, I gave him a trip to Disneyland. And guess what our song is? Mm-hmm. You've got a friend in me. I just thought it might be fun to talk about Disneyland and really more specifically Disney and to share some details. You may or may not know or agree, but Disney is universally recognized as the most, capital letters M-O-S-T, most admired company in the world. (gasps) Why? I mean, I don't know, but I think because in part, at least, it represents an ideal world, doesn't it? It's the happiest place on earth where dreams come true, where magic reigns, and where there's an explosion of fireworks every single night. Did you know also that when someone spills something on a cast member, they do not walk across Disneyland to change their clothes? Nope, not okay. Rather, a new, clean costume is brought to them. They slip off stage. Because seeing a cast member with soiled clothing, yeah, deaf not ideal. (laughs) Wait, cast member? What's a cast member? Well, there's a good chance you already know this, but employees at Disney are not called employees. They're not staff. They're not even team members. They are called cast members, all of them. Everyone, from the custodians and the snack bar attendants to those who assist with rides or actually take on the persona of a beloved character. Every single person who works at Disney is a cast member. They are in costume and they are an important, vital even, part of the show. Walt Disney said, we soft pedal job titles. We feel that one activity is just as important as another. 
So soft pedal, by the way, I had to look that up because I was like, what? (laughs) Comes from the pedal on a piano that softens the sound. So soft pedal means to play something down. They play down job titles, make it less obvious or important, and elevate thereby everyone involved. All cast members are performers and service providers. They deliver the experience that Disney is known for, and they are valued, admired, and trained to not be just responsively friendly, but assertively friendly. (laughs) It's kind of cool, right? It's a cool differentiation. We all know that Walt Disney built his company on a vision, and he defines vision as a picture of the future that is created in the imagination, that's a key word for me, I'll tell you more later, created in the imagination and which motivates action. I know this, you guys, because years ago, when I owned big picture classes with my partner, Casey Rain, I found out she had never been to Disneyland. Her 30th birthday was approaching. I decided we needed to go for her birthday. I discovered the Disney Institute and I signed us up for a three-day immersive training in leadership excellence, quality service, and people management. As you might guess, this was an incredibly awesome and inspiring experience, a chance to dive deep into the Disney brand and success and to go backstage, literally backstage, to see some of what you and I hear about and and have heard about. I still remember and draw from this training frequently. I kept notes and I thought since I'm in Disneyland this week that it might be cool to share some of the things I learned and observed at the Disney Institute. But here, you guys, is the caveat. While I love Disney, I would not call myself an enthusiast or an expert in any way, okay? I have a friend, Brandy, (laughs) that's her name, who is a true expert slash addict and crazy knowledgeable um, when it comes to all things Disney, okay? And there will be those of you listening who know much more than I do. So what I share, I share from my experience at this Disney Institute, and I share it in the spirit of fun. I have tried to verify um, currently some of the things that I share, but a lot of it just comes from the notes that I took and the things that, that we learned together, that Casey and I learned together, okay? I'm certain that you have heard the phrase, Disney is in the details, So this is definitely what I saw firsthand. In fact, John Hench is a Disney Imagineer and he said, what's our success formula? It's attention to infinite detail, the little things, the minor picky points that others just don't want to take the time, money, or effort to do. So (laughs) I thought it would be fun to start with trash, okay? The trash that is created at a major theme park. Perhaps you have heard the story about what Lillian Disney said to Walt when he shared his initial idea um, to build a theme park. She said, theme parks are so dirty. That comment set her husband Walt on a mission to study trash and people. 
and how people treat trash. He learned that most people will carry a piece of garbage for about 30 feet before they simply don't know what to do, so they let it go. They litter, okay? This is why at Disneyland, you guys, you will find a trash can every 28 to 29 feet at all times across the park. Okay, so at the time of my Disney Institute training, there were 660 trash cans in Disneyland, (laughs) which are themed. I know you know this, but think about it. Picture them in your mind. They're painted or treated so that they blend in with their environment. Okay, but did you know also that these hundreds of garbage cans are not allowed to get dirty? Okay, they are cleaned every night and then they are pulled, pulled off the Disneyland campus. Okay, they're sandblasted and repainted every six to eight weeks. (gasps) Not even kidding you. I found a blog post by a former custodial cast member who wrote, I have a slight strange obsession and a strong appreciation for all things Disney trash can. I am what you'd call a Disney trash can enthusiast. (laughs) And so I felt compelled to write about these seemingly mundane yet surprisingly cool bins, aka the unsung hero of the resort. Firstly, Walt realized that if you keep a place tidy, it's more likely that guests will throw away their rubbish. So he did research into how far someone would walk before they dropped their trash on the ground. He found that 30 feet was that magic number. So wherever you go in a Disney park, a trash can will never be more than 30 feet away from you. When you consider how big Walt Disney World is, that's a lot of cans. He adds, Frontierland alone has over 120. (laughs) I decided that while I'm here with Chase, I'm going to take pictures of trash cans. It's going to be one of the things I do, and I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, here's a few other things you may or may not know. There are 21 flower and garden like beds, lawns, that are replanted multiple times each year. The big Mickey Mouse floral design that's just inside the gates is replanted six times during a 12-month period so that the flowers are always fresh and, and young, right? They're not, they don't even let them get to the point where they're sort of overgrown or start to look kind of scraggly, right? So the lights, there are so many buildings that are lined with little white lights, and those lights are dated for replacement. They don't wait for a light to go out and then go, "Uh uh-oh, there's a light that's out. No, when they install a string of lights and they're guaranteed to stay lit for 80 days, let's say, then on day 70, all of the lights are replaced. I just think that's kind of cool. That's the kind of detail that they pay attention to. I'm sure you've walked down or remember walking down Main Street and smelling something delicious. It's true. There are vents that pipe out the like a vanilla or cinnamon odor. Okay. <laughs> Disneyland at night. This is one that I didn't know anything about and I just loved learning. You might think that Disneyland goes quiet, but no there are about 1,500 cast members who work the third shift. And many of them have worked this third shift for years. The third shift begins at 11.30 p.m. 
This is when the machinists inspect all of the rides. The gardeners mow the lawns, they trim the trees, they replant those flower gardens and lawns that I was talking to you about. Custodians roll out 150 foot long fire hoses to pressure wash sidewalks every single night. Okay, parking at Disneyland is also carefully monitored. Each parking lot is tracked by time so that if, let's say, a patron can't remember after a long and tiring day at Disney, can't remember where they parked, Disney cast members can help them locate their car. They will, they will ask, so about what time did you arrive this morning? You know, and someone might say about 9.45. Well, then those cast members know because they keep detailed logs of the time at which each section and row of a massive parking lot was filled so that they can then direct this lost car person to the very row and within four or five stalls and they will find their car. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing so much. I just think it's crazy cool. All right, next. You ready? If you listen closely while waiting to board the Disneyland Railroad at New Orleans Square, you'll notice that there's Morse code coming from the small train house across the tracks. The message that's being relayed is the first two lines of Walt Disney's opening day speech at Disneyland. Okay, pay attention. Next time you ride the Star Wars theme park attraction, because you will hear overhead the speaker, the overhead speaker will call for Egrog Sockle, which is George Lucas backwards. Chase and I are pretty darn excited to experience the new Star Wars stuff, Rise of the Resistance or whatever. Um, Okay, here's another thing for you. There's a time capsule buried at Sleeping Beauty Castle. It was buried in 1995. No one knows exactly what's inside. Well, someone has to know, (laughs) but let's just say most people don't know. But we're going to find out when it is unearthed during the park's 80th anniversary, which will happen on July 17th, 2035, should you like to get yourself some reservations. All right. This is one thing I learned um, during the section of the training that was on delighting or taking care of of people, right? Um, Providing quality service. If a child is not tall enough, let's say a family and a child get in line because they think, my child might be, you know, just kind of right on the border of 44 inches or whatever it is, okay? But if when they get to the front of the line, they're not tall enough, cast members do not make an exception because safety is the guiding principle at Disneyland. So they don't make an exception. And then if they're met with disappointment, because you can understand why someone would be disappointed, right? They were hoping that they were going to make it. (laughs) Then, especially if they're just barely not tall enough, okay, then a cast member has a special cut-in-line ticket that they can give to that child. It basically says, come back as soon as you're tall enough and you can come right to the front of the line. So they are always doing that kind of thing to negotiate, right? Um, With guests that might be met with some level of disappointment. 
So the success formula that we were taught and that they shared with all of these many examples is quality cast experience plus quality guest experience plus quality business practices. And that equals the future. And I just think it's so curious that this is a, you know, this company puts their cast, their employees ahead of their guests or their customers. And I really think that's one of the key reasons that they remain so successful. The, the quote that they say is exceed guest expectations and pay attention to detail. Give the people, Walt Disney said, give the people everything you can give them. Keep the place as clean as you can. <laughs> so cast members are taught to respond. This is another thing that I loved. They're taught to respond to questions by repeating the question and then giving you more detail than you asked for. And one of the most commonly asked questions at Disneyland is, what time does the three o'clock parade start? (laughs) So the cast member will say back, or they're trained to say back to you, the three o'clock parade starts at three o'clock and it starts in such and such place and it progresses along here and then here and then here and you might consider sitting in this place because blah blah blah. Does that make sense? Isn't that interesting? Repeat the question and then give them more than they ask for. I just think there's so many things we can learn even you know with application in our homes with our families and then certainly in whatever job or vocation you practice. It's just awesome. Walt Disney's guiding principles to dream to believe, to dare, and then to do. I have been thinking about this, Walt Disney, and what he has created that has had a global effect and brought happiness and helped families create memories for now generations. I've been thinking about this this year as I've been planning and anticipating this trip with Chase. And at the same time, I've been considering, contemplating, mulling over what I might want to adopt as my word for the year. Okay, so it's all coming together for me. (laughs) Um, I have a word that I hope is going to guide me in my dreaming, believing, daring, and doing. You ready? I think my word is going to be, no, I know it. My word for 2022 is going to be imagine. I can't imagine a better place to kick off my year or my focus on imagining than in Anaheim, California. If you know Disney details or you have memories at Disneyland or any other Disney theme park, I want to hear about them. If you have a word for 2022, I want to hear about that. Send me a speak pipe message. And I might choose to share it on an upcoming episode of Exactly Enough Time. You guys, imagine a world where more people imagine more often. Where they dream big things and then they get to work on all the delicious details. I'm all in on that. I'm deciding that for that, this year, I have exactly enough time. <laughs> 